0: This is an OXP audio experience.
1: What's going on, people? Welcome to another episode of the Mike Roach podcast, brought to you by the one and only OXP Media and the Battle Canada series. Got another excellent guest for you again this week, my man Jeff DeSato, player development coach. Jeff, how you doing, my friend? Thank you for taking the time to do
0: this. Good, Mike. How are you doing? Thanks for having me.
1: I'm doing fine. Thank you. No, thank you for your time, man. Uh, so, so Jeff, I got to ask you, so where are you right now, by the way? You in LA?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm in LA. I live uh, in the San Fernando Valley, to be exact, which is about 20 to 35 miles uh, north of, uh, I would say, downtown LA.
1: Now, awesome. Now, for, for all the people who are going to w- be watching this, uh, a lot are going to be in Canada. You grew up in Montreal.
0: Born and raised Cote Dinesh, wow. uptown okay, right. I like right. it
1: I like it, I like it so how did to now yep. tell me I'm curious before we even get into everything else, how did you end up in l a
0: oh man, uh how much time you got <laughs> <laughs> We got a so, little bit yeah so so the 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 um, i guess the short story of everything is, and I guess I'll just kind of uh give you the uh the summarized version, but um I went. I grew up in Montreal, obviously, as, as you had mentioned, I went to high school, uh, Loyola High School and NDG, mm-hmm. then went on to Dawson and then ended up- Oh, my um, rivals,
1: my arch rivals. Yeah. I, I played <laughs> yeah. for Sun Youth before I left and went to Toronto.
0: Oh, okay. No, I, I didn't play for Dawson Community Schools, but I went to the, uh, Dawson College. Oh, so okay, I guess, okay, okay, okay. I guess that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after, after Dawson, I went to Division two School in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. um played there uh played there for four years graduated came back to montreal for two years uh and then went back to massachusetts for i think another three or four uh and then and so what
1: did what did you go back to massachusetts for
0: so okay so after i finished playing uh i played i played a little bit over the uh, overseas in the philippines and uh, at that point i just realized that it wasn't for me i was uh, I'm, i'm a very uh uh obsessive type person when it comes to things that I really care about mm-hmm. so uh, when it came to basketball even throughout my college career uh, I was the type of guy that you know when friends would be like hey let's 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 go take a week off and let's go to Mexico or let's go to something like that I was like I, I, I can't do it and I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't do it comparatively speaking to I guess whatever the masses were doing uh, in the off season mm-hmm. uh, you know whether it's just as students or just um, as, as, as college athletes i that, that that bothered me i that, that was too much time off because obviously you got to a certain point and then you spend that week of doing a lot of things or whatever it is that you want to do in, on vacation and then having to work your way back up to where you were before you left in the first place so that 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 um that wasn't you know that that, that wasn't all right with me so in any case i went, I went overseas uh and played a little bit in the Philippines and just realized like you know at a certain point and maybe it was a little be, maybe it was a little bit of being burnt out. Um, because I'd spent so much time and effort into working on my game and just being and maximizing what, uh, what I could be, uh, that, that I just realized that it wasn't for me. Um, and then I ended up coming, coming back home uh, to Montreal from, I think, 2000, uh, late 2008 until uh, mid-2010. Um, throughout that time, I'd coached with uh, Joe McKitterick at Brookwood Coach of Brookwood elite with him, then when I coached with uh, Andy Herzog or Vanier, mm-hmm. and then had the opportunity to uh, come back to my alma mater and, and coach at the college level. So okay. um, between 2008 2010, that's what brought me back to uh, to the U.S. and and uh, and then my girlfriend wife wife now uh, was also uh, still at the school, so it was kind of uh, um, you know it was it was just a just just a perfect. Uh, uh, situation for me at the time with what, what what was important to me me really being interested on the uh, on the coaching side of things and then obviously my girlfriend being there so um you know um, I, I spent from 2010 until 2013 um I was coaching at uh, American International NC Division II school in Springfield Massachusetts about an hour and a half west of Boston and then uh, at a certain point I um you know, my wife was accelerating her job. And then uh, I guess for those that don't know the coaching uh, world very much, especially when it comes to the college level in the U.S., where um, it's very volatile. And if you want to move up in the game, move up in the ranks, you have to be ready to move to Chicago the next year and then move to North Dakota the next year. It's yeah, crazy. South Carolina. So, uh, so it was really volatile. And, and, and I guess uh, um, my wife and I as a unit, we started looking for a little bit more stability. So uh, I it was a very difficult decision for me, but uh, I ended up uh, leaving the college coaching world and then ended up working for the Canadian government, uh, coincidentally, in, uh, wow. in the city of Boston. And um, I was there on a, a 12-month uh, mat leave replacement in their business development division. Mm-hmm. And then um, a similar job or the same job had opened up in uh, Dallas, Texas. So uh, I'd worked that job for maybe about six, seven months in Boston. And then uh, I'd asked my wife, I was like, Hey, what do you think about moving to, uh, to Dallas? And immediately she says, yes, let's go. Yeah. You
1: want I- that I- weather.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and little, little did I know uh, her, her sister, my sister-in-law had lived there for about eight, eight years. So she was really familiar with it. And that's not n- nothing that we really, you know uh, i'd spoken a lot about not because it was just uh not because it was a bad experience just simply because um you know it just, just wasn't a top of conversation so when i brought it brought it up to her she was like yes let's go i interviewed the next week i got the job within you know two no maybe less than that maybe within within about two to three weeks uh we were in a car driving making the drive all the way down from boston to dallas texas and that wow. that's um that was that brings us to february 2014 february 2014 Uh, we're now living in dallas texas um this is a
1: real journey we're talking about (laughs)
0: yeah holy (laughs) smokes yeah yeah so uh i i continued working for the canadian consulate uh there in dallas And then that's when I kind of started to get back into the basketball world. So after I left college coaching in, I think, May 2013, I hadn't done anything coaching-related until I moved to Dallas in 2014. And I'd done a lot of work with five-star basketball. And five-star, when I was younger, um, that that was like the standard of basketball camps and events uh, back in the day. They were based out of New York, and
1: uh, Mm
0: -hmm. Howard Garfinkel was the – uh, the, the, the innovator, the, you know, the, the, the brainchild of, 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 that, of that, I guess, movement of high-level basketball instruction and t- bringing the highest talent in from across the U.S. So I'd been working with Five Star a lot um, throughout my time living in the, in, in the Northeast. So when I had moved to Dallas in February 2016, they ended up ha- having an event, um, I think, July 2014, so I said, hey, you know, let me reach out to the guys and the president of, at the time. His name's Lee Klein. He was running the he was running the show. I said, hit him up. I said, hey, Lee, uh, you know, um, I live in Dallas now. I see that you're having an event. Um, you know, would love to be a part of it if I can. Um, hit hit me back instantly. said, hey, Jeff, would love to have you. Uh, so worked the camp. Had a, had an amazing time. And then that's how I started. You know, moonwalking my way back into. Uh, into the, into the basketball world. Cause I, I really had no intent to um, be where I'm at now uh, with, with, with basketball, but um, you know, two, two fathers at that event had come up to me and said, Hey, uh, what would you say if, um, you know, um, you could train my sons uh, in, in, in your spare time? I said, sure, why not? And two kids turns to 10, turns to 20, turns to, you know, 30 to 50 plus within a matter of months. And uh, you know, not, not, uh, during that time, I really created a, uh, a, a viable business that, that really I had no intent initially to, uh, to enter into, but it was something that I was really, really obviously passionate about uh, when it comes to uh, basketball and teaching and whatnot. And then, uh, then, uh, then I started you know, really being involved and in finding out who the heavy hitters are in, in, in Texas in the South and, uh, and John Lucas. Um, John Lucas is one of them. I found out that he was based in Houston.
1: Yeah. I was going to ask uh, you about I've, that. Like, what's your relationship uh, like with him?
0: Uh, Luke and I are real close. He's, uh, he's, he's a mentor of mine, um, you know, and, and, and obviously really, uh, you know, a, a close friend of mine. And uh, that, that's kind of where it started, where I started working his camps. And uh, what was real interesting was that when I found out who he was, um, you know, and, and I'd known that back in the day, you know, he's met, Maryland uh, University, of Maryland legend, uh, former number one pick in the NBA draft as a point guard. I think might have been the first point guard to go number one back in the day. And um, other than that, and I didn't know, I didn't know uh, that much of him and and his and his overall impact of the game. You know, simply just not being in that part of the country. You know, so when I moved there, I found out who he was, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, he he runs tons of stuff out here in Texas. So. Um, Long story short, I probably harassed his administrative staff for about three months. That's how you got
1: to do it. Yeah, That's how you yeah. got to uh, do
0: it. And emails, uh, left voice messages. I wouldn't, yeah, but I, I would say for a strong three months, I wouldn't say every day, but every week, you know, I'd follow up and say, hey, did you get my message, blah, blah, blah. And, and Max Anderson, who was their, uh, uh, I guess, player development director at the time, finally, you know, gave me a shout, told him a little bit about, about myself uh, and my experience. He said, we'd love to have you. And uh, ended up working his event. And then from there, uh, that's where the relationship stemmed. Um, you know, obviously, uh, John and I started to get close and just that network of coaches and just how he does things and his no nonsense, uh, old school attitude. Um, I-, I really gravitated towards. So, um, fast forwarding some more and-, and, you know, this is, I-, I, I, guess this is not the short story <laughs> of, yeah. me, hey. me, of me ending up in LA, but, um, Ended up working in May May 2015, ended up working uh, one of his events, middle school events uh, in Houston. And, um, you know, halfway throughout the event, a gentleman comes up to me, taps me on the shoulder and introduces himself to me tells me that he's LA based, uh, had a pleasant two to three minute conversation, um, exchange information, that was that. Um, Yeah, yeah. And then about 24 to 48 hours later, uh, he texts me, um, and says, Hey, uh, this is so-and-so, uh, I got your information. would love to have a follow-up conversation. And then, uh, um, I guess, fast forward four to five months later, uh, I had visited LA, uh, had worked with him and his organization. Uh, we end up, um, I guess coming to terms to where, uh, he wanted, he wanted to move me and the family out to LA to, uh, build a youth program and, and really enter the youth basketball world so uh in february 2016 um i picked up and moved and and, and, and now is was living in la so uh you know that that's that, that's kind of the journey and uh, man
1: a lot of yeah. twists and turns to get there huh yeah yeah
0: it was, man, really, that's, yeah, awesome. It was that's awesome that's awesome journey yeah
1: so let's bring it back now now your parents emigrated to to Canada from the Philippines. Yep. And right. you actually played hockey as a as a real uh youngster. Like where <laughs> where did your where did your your love of basketball come from?
0: Um well, you know, my obviously both my parents being Filipino, the one of the the, the I guess the, I don't huge know huge basketball the football, culture. But yeah, the, I don't I don't know if it's the national sport but as far as interest the biggest sport there is 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 basketball so I picked up hockey uh, at a young age, and then um, one thing that I was really appreciative of was that my uh, my dad, especially my dad, uh, never really forced basketball on me. You know, Mm -hmm. um, when I turned to about when I turned around 11, 12 years old, this kind of started showing an interest. So he started putting me in this uh, uh, in the Filipino league, which I'm sure you you, you've heard of how how absolutely that's grown to now, especially in Montreal. But so I got into it that way, just playing in, in, in Filipino leagues and then ended up going to Loyola High School. And, and uh, you know, I, I just kind of developed the, developed the love for it and, and, you know, just seeing the interest. And, and then you know how it is when you're a kid, you start getting good at things. You're like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to keep doing this because I'm good at it, you know? So uh, mm-hmm. things just, just kept rolling from there. How do you
1: feel when you're on the court teaching all these kids the game that you love? What's the feeling like for you inside?
0: Um, i'm I'm really passionate for anybody that uh, uh that, that's been in the gym with me, whether from a uh from a student athlete perspective or another coach or just an observer uh, i'm I'm very fire and very very intense and
1: uh I've and, seen that from your youtube videos
0: <laughs> Well yeah there's a lot you won't see on youtube videos <laughs> <laughs> but um because you know just just basketball is done. Uh, a lot for me in my life I don't I don't know if there's there are many things in my life that uh, I can't attribute to uh, you know I I, I, a lot of things that I have um, that I'm enjoying in life right now are because of what basketball has has allowed me to experience and that's everything from uh, my friends my education my wife uh, um, you know just the different people I've met so uh, when I'm out there on the floor teaching or coaching or training or whatever it is basketball related um, I, I get very intense. I get very passionate about it because I know that this maybe one or two pieces of in- information could change a kid's life forever, mm-hmm. you know, never, never in a million, not, not even a million years. If you were to ask me, I've been living in LA for almost five years now. Um, if you were to told me six years ago that you'd be living in, in LA, I would have laughed at you. If you would have told me eight years ago that you'd be living in Dallas, I'd laugh at you. If you were to tell me that I'd live over a decade in Massachusetts I'd laugh at you. So, um, I, I, I'm, and, and for those people that know me personally, I'm very much a planner. I like to plan things out, but if you just look at, if I just take a step back and look at my life, uh, none, none of this was planned, not, not one thing. And It's kind of one of those things where, um, like I tell kids all the time when I'm on the floor, just anybody, um, just be really good at what you do, whatever it is that you're doing, just be good at it Cause you really don't know, you know, I, if you look at my resume, you look like I would look like I have, uh, Career ADD, you know, going from corporate world to college athletics to public sector to entrepreneurship. So you you, you never really know. So uh, that that basketball has literally taking me across the continent and across the world. So whenever I'm on the floor, whatever it is, whether the kid has, uh, you know, whether their playing days end in high school or they have a ten year pro career, the things that I'm able to teach them could could change their life forever.
1: What keeps you inspired? What keeps the, the fire burning for the passion for the game? Is there something you want to prove to yourself as well along the way?
0: Yeah, always. Um, I mean, it was something that, that my mom and my dad always instilled to me where they always found the right little way to challenge me enough because they knew how I was. You know, a lot of, a lot of kids or just people in general, some really react to negative enforcement. Some really, you know, only react to – positive reinforcement um and for me i can still hear my dad tell me like little things like little jabs like ah well you know you're old or oh no you can't do that anymore (laughs) or you know so um i always always develop that you know inner voice of me telling me like the best way to get me to do something is to tell me i can't do it you know and if i really think i can do it I'm, i'm gonna do whatever it is that i can to do it you know a friend of mine said you can't change your own oil okay i'll show you I watched about thirty hours of YouTube videos, and I huh. them. you know huh. what I'm saying. So, yeah. um, so there's, there's always that little voice inside of me that that's always pushing, pushing, and just challenging myself. You know, when when you talk about being uh, in, in, in intrinsically motivated, uh, I just created that little voice in me to to help push me. And uh, you know, the, again, that's that's I tend to be that type of person for you know for, for everybody I uh, I end up in the gym with.
1: Now, it must be a great feeling for you to, to be on a court doing what you love and say, man, this is, this is really great that I get to be out here day after day doing what I love. Uh, what's, the worst, what's the worst job you've ever had?
0: The worst job I've ever had. I wouldn't say, you know, and, and, and it, 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 I hate for it to sound so cliche because I, I've had a lot of bad career experiences mm-hmm. and those stem from either um, bad management, bad, you know, attitude towards me, bad, j- just, just, or, or, and that's not necessarily imposed by, you know, uh, the people around me, but sometimes I just didn't have a great experience just not, not being the, the, whether it was not the right fit for me or rather uh, whether or not I was suited to take that type of employment or that type of job. Um, I really don't view experiences as as bad you know what i mean like it, it mm. might suck like <laughs> yeah like yeah. you know what i mean but you know if if we're, if we're talking about one experience like hey if i'm having a really terrible experience at a job like whose fault is it like it's not my job to change uh how our leadership's leads or how our leadership team leads it's my yeah. job to adhere to the culture and adhere to that if not you know uh quit <laughs>
1: yeah you're absolutely right you know you know, absolutely. So-
0: uh, I, 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 I'd be lying if I said every professional experience I've had was, was great. Uh, as far as what Mike's, my, my direct experience was, but, uh, in the grand scheme of things, I wouldn't be where I am today without those learning experiences. It, it, for me to know what I want out of life, it also takes me the experience of me knowing, not knowing or knowing what I don't want. You know what I mean? So, um, Everything was valuable, uh, truly blessed and thankful for for having the uh, the determination and the resilience to be able to go through some of those experiences. Some of those experiences, were, and I tell you, they, they were bad, especially in hindsight. I'm like, how, how did I do that? But mm-hmm. um, it really taught me a lot about myself and, and how much I had in me. So uh, to me, um, especially nowadays with, I think, culture and how we're raising kids is that sometimes you tend to remove the adversity right. or remove the person out of the adversity when the adversity is really what teaches you everything mm-hmm. that you need to know you know so um and, and again you know barring extenuating circumstance like a- a- actual physical or verbal ab- abuse and stuff like that but obviously those those ends of the spectrum there's there's no place for that but when if you're just having a little bit of a hard time mm-hmm. you know what i mean you gotta, you gotta stick it out and figure it out you know and then so, take that learning experience and apply it, you know, elsewhere.
1: So if you can go back and talk to your former self, let's say when you were 18, 19 years old, uh, what are some of the things that you would tell yourself? Maybe that, you know, now that you didn't know at the time.
0: Um, that's a really good question. That's a really <laughs> good one. What I tell myself? Um, keep your circle small. Keep, your, keep the voices around you, like keep that circle of people around you real tight. Because one thing that I've found, especially as a young kid, uh, and, and I think, uh, you know, I, I speak for a lot of impressionable young men and women out there, especially in an age of social media where we're constantly seeking validation of others, is sometimes you really have to distinguish who those people are and who really has your best interest in mind so for me as an 18 to 21 year old that was my most difficult time as a as an adolescent because that's when i dropped out of school uh i was lying to my parents uh i just created this separate or alternate reality that i knew wasn't right but i lived it because it pleased the people that were around me you know what i mean so mm-hmm. um and what I mean by keeping your circle small, I guess, to, to dive in more than that is really choose your friends. You know, really, really choose your friends carefully. You know, because, you know, I, I could count at least a dozen times and in, in, in not in recent memory, but, you know, instances in my life at that time that if I went right instead of going left or left instead of going right, my, my life could have been completely What
1: dead. do you mean, though? Give me an example. What do you mean?
0: Um, Just like you know, uh, the whole skipping. Okay. So um, I had just dropped out. I had just dropped. I dropped out of Dawson. You know, I failed out. Uh, I was lying to my parents. Uh, I was still going to school every day and telling them, yeah, mom, dad, I'm going to school and stuff like that. And, And then I went to uh, at the time, the wreck. I'm not sure if you're familiar with. Oh the wreck. Yeah, yeah, I know the wreck. Down. Oh, Legendary.
1: yeah. They had some runs in there. Let's go.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears. More more blood than anything else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shed of the wreck, but at, at at the time when I was young, uh, that that was the spot to be. That's I I I remember taking the metro, walking all the way from Villa Metro, you know, oh, down yeah. there, and, and a feet and, and a foot of snow, and uh, and and I get there and. I start seeing my peers getting better. Uh, some getting opportunities to different schools, whether it's prep school or, or, or them just, you know, just just doing their thing and, and, and doing it real well. And I had a friend in my life at that time that, that was always the guy saying, man, you don't like, forget them, you don't need that. Like, you don't need that, that, kind, that, that kind of stuff. And I remember vividly, I was at the rec one day after I had gone through all my academic difficulty where Should I get back on my horse and, you know, re-enroll at Dawson, clean my life up, or continue with that friend or that group of friends and say, you know, whatever to this. So, uh, and this was probably around, I would say, 1999, 2000, 2001, around that time. And had I chosen that group of friends, I for sure wouldn't have been here today. You know what I mean? Wow. And, and that, yeah. that, that was just a lack of judgment and really having an epiphany of like, okay, well, I'm being left behind here. You know, I'm, my, my school stuff ain't in order, stuff at home ain't good. You know what I mean? What am I going to do? Am I going to continue to walk, um, walk down that path with those friends or am I going to clean my life up and, uh, and, and, and move forward? And, and, and you know, thankfully uh, I did the right thing. That's
1: amazing. So if you had the chance, let me ask uh, to sit down with anyone, past or present, that you could just sit down, pick their brain, learn from, who would it be?
0: Ooh, that's a real good, that, that's, that's an amazing question. Um, Muhammad Ali.
1: Wow, tell me uh, why.
0: So one quote that really sticks out to me, that, 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 and, and that's how I live my life, is, is um, where he says, service to others is the rent you pay for your room here on this earth. And that, that's, you know, it, it's weird that we talk about basketball and whatnot and, and a few times I've stepped away from basketball and, and it's, it's organically.
1: Brought you right me, back.
0: Taking me right back. Like, mm-hmm. again, when I mean it, like I didn't, I didn't mean to um, start training. I didn't mean to start building uh, basketball programs and whatnot. Like I have no intent, but I've found that every purpose or every enjoyable experience to me involves some type of service to others, you know when I think that uh, that that dives into that you know how about, uh, you know especially in my size, can't play anything else other than a point guard and that, that that's kind of how I played the game, and that's that that's how I live life so uh, when I see figures like Muhammad Ali and if I could just sit down with him to really understand, especially in in such a heightened uh, i guess cultural diversity type of climate that we're in right now with a lot of, you know, divisiveness and, 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 uh, and racism being, being brought back to light. Uh, you know, I really, really respect everything that he did and what he stood for, uh, especially when it came to him being incarcerated, when he said things like, Hey, you know, uh, you're, you're telling me to go fight for you, uh, overseas and kill somebody when you won't even fight for me here at home. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, uh, I, I, I truly respect, him. he's I have a big poster of him on my wall on our wall nice. here at home so uh I would love to sit down with him and just and just speak to him
1: so what, so what's the end game for you with your coaching career what were, like what's a dream coaching job for you would it be coaching or training
0: I guess uh well well coaching or training I'm I'm really really passionate about the coaching side because mm-hmm. I, I I believe training even though you know, in the humblest way possible. I know I'm 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 extremely good at the training side. To me, training is just one branch, uh, one subset of, of the coaching game, and and I'm really hey, into the strategy. And the you perver- look
1: intense in your YouTube videos, man. <laughs> you remind me like you're, the, the way you coach and the way you explain things. You have this intensity, but you're not you're not. Um, I wouldn't say you're loud, but you're very direct. You um, you remind me a lot of um, Eric Spoltra, like mm-hmm. your mannerism. You're very direct. Like you're looking in guys' eyes, making sure people are hearing you. You know what I mean? It's it's yes. that's the feel that I that I get from you. Sorry for cutting you off. I just oh no, that's okay,
0: that's okay. Shout out to Coach Spo. Yeah. Also 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 Filipino. <laughs>
1: so so let me, um, I mean yeah. Okay. Do you see yourself in the in the? NBA or NCAA doing stuff or, cause yeah, I, I mean, know you coach from all different levels from youngsters all the way to pro.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess long, long term down the line, I definitely see myself coaching somewhere. Um, I, I don't know what that is yet because if, if, if my past is any indicator of what my future is going to look like, I might, I might be living in, you know, I might be living in a different part of the country, a different part yeah, of the world. Yeah. But, uh, um i was fortunate enough to at least get a little bit of a taste of uh working um in the nba uh when i had the opportunity to work uh with the the houston rockets in both of their preseason training camps last year they had one in la uh in july august ish and then they had another one in september in las vegas and i was fortunate enough to be a part of that so um i didn't get enough (laughs) of that experience so to say so to speak so um I guess that would be a short-term goal for me to be able to uh, to to be at that level at whatever in whatever capacity. Um, you know, if I had a choice, I'd like to uh, uh, I'd like to experience what it would be like to be you know uh, on staff as a player development coach. Uh, um, you know, at that level. But in in, in the grand scheme of things, my, my my end game. I don't know if there's a future for me that doesn't have me involved with basketball. I don't know what that looks like per se. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm one of those things uh, or one of those people, where, you know, you're a lifer, right? So yeah. um, at whatever capacity that might be at whatever level, uh, you know, as long as I'm happy. Uh, and that's something that, that, that's, that, that's really overrated these days. Or, I mean, underrated is just your happiness.
1: Why do you um, think that is?
0: I think that's because uh, I think we impose a lot of uh, labels or... or, 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 or or structure or places where you should be landmarks where you should be at a certain age. You know what I mean? Like for a lot of people, it's like, you know, grow up, go to college, get a good job, have a family.
1: <laughs> Robots. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. So um, a lot of times, especially in, in, in ethnic cultures, uh, you know, for, for, for Filipinos, it's uh, Hey, I want you to be a doctor, a lawyer, uh, whatever you know, a doctor, some a, a white collar job, you know what I mean? And, and it's not a bad thing. I think, uh, you know, what I take from that is the, uh, the, uh, the, the, out, the outset to, uh, to be as great as you can. You know what I mean? But um, again, I, I think I've, I've lived on, on both sides to where, you know, I was making a lot of money, but I was miserable. And then, uh, then the next job that I took, I was like, I wasn't making a lot of money, but I was, I, I was happy, but it wasn't enough money. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and money's important. It's not everything, but, uh, you know, if, if, if someone were to give us $10 million, I'm sure we wouldn't refuse it. <laughs> you um, got that right. So, uh, <laughs> and it doesn't equal happiness. Uh, yeah. th- 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 and, and, and I believe that, True. and it's really underrated, but you know, if, if there's, if I've, if I can give any advice to anybody, uh, just, just, just do it, it makes you happy. You know, it's, yeah. it sounds so simple, but you know, it's, 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 it's underrated, man.
1: So uh, what advice, I just got two more for you here quickly. Okay. So what advice um, would you give to someone who was pursuing a similar career to yours?
0: Um, Don't expect to make a lot of money, (laughs) especially at first, especially at first. Um, Don't take no for an answer. Um, And just, find and create doors of opportunity for yourself, you know, be around the right people. You know, a lot of people have, have a lot of egos, you know, for example, like, uh, you know, I have, I have no problem in watching um a, 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 in, in, in approaching a coach uh, that I think is successful or effective at what they do, but they coach a, uh, a 12 and under girls team. Uh, and I would approach that the same way that if I would, you know, uh, approach the assistant at UCLA or the, uh, Microna at UCLA and say hey do you mind if I watch your practice you know just always being always wanting to learn always wanting to learn meet the right people um and and, and don't be so short-sighted as far as hey you know if if anybody wants to cash in on anything uh it's going to take a lot of time money and investment uh I, I wouldn't say money but it's going to take a lot of time and, and and effort uh to invest into you know in, into whatever your goals are so if anybody's Really trying to, uh, you know, uh, to excel at the player development game is 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 is, is be hungry to learn, um, you know, meet the right people, you know, just similar to my experience where it could have been easy after email number two uh, to to Luke's uh, to John Lucas's staff and saying, all right, well, I guess I'm never going to get a hold of them, mm-hmm. but after email 45 or 50. <laughs> Um, You know, just, just kind of controlling what you can, you know, let them say no, you know what I mean? And and, and then keep going after what you
1: want. I think it's a great message, man, because um, you know, my target market for this show is a lot of young men and women Mm -hmm. and everybody needs encouragement, you know, and they're heavily involved in a, in a lot of sports and, you know, it's, it's always wonderful to, get advice from the people who are actually doing it. You know what I mean? So, so where, where can we find you on social before you go?
0: Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jeff Desado. That's J E F F D O S um, A D O. You can also email me at info at Jeff com. Um, the coaching business or industry, I would say is a fraternity and uh, I wouldn't be here without the help of others. So, if there's anybody out there that has any questions, uh, definitely reach out to me. I may not answer right away, but uh, I'll definitely answer and, and, and happy to help however I can.
1: Awesome. I'll leave that in the uh, comments, your contact, yeah. so they can get a hold of you. But uh, oh, this wasn't enough time for me, Jeff. I got so many questions I got to ask you. If we can please do this again someday soon, absolutely. absolutely. Um, I mean, this was this was just great. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm not a selfish guy, but this podcast is for everybody. But I do, I love to, to do these kind of podcasts because I personally learn a lot of stuff as well, man. Sure. And I'm going to use everything that you're saying, and I'm going to apply it to my life as well. You know what I mean? Sure. So, so Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Uh, like I said, it wasn't enough time. So in the near future, again, I'd love to do part two with you because I got a ton of stuff that I still whenever, need to. Ask. Whenever
0: you want, you just let me know and I'll and I'll make time. Appreciate
1: it. Thank you so much, man. So this is the Mike Roach podcast. Uh Jeff DeSado, player development coach, now out in LA, but born, raised out in Montreal. Um looking forward to speaking to you again soon, man. Take it easy.
0: Likewise, Mike. Thank you, man. You've been listening to the Mike Roach podcast where storytelling sports and keeping it real are the only ways to live by we hope you've gotten some valuable and practical information from the show link up with us on instagram at oxp.media or at micro seven where you can view images of the content on this program we're on facebook apple podcast spotify and wherever you get your podcast have a wonderful day and thank you for listening until next week